Hello and welcome to the Her HQ podcast. We are so excited to have you here and grateful that you've decided to spend your precious time here with us. I am excited to branch out into this podcasting world. Her HQ is a online personal growth and professional hub for women and we bring all sorts of women together in community just to learn and grow together and in whatever capacity that is. Some people are not in business and that's cool. And I believe if you want a successful business, you need to have a life. So they kind of go hand in hand. So I am Amy, I will be your host. I am so excited to be bringing you quality content from a ton of different sources. And you can look forward to our, we do co-working, so you're gonna have um, little snippets from our learning lessons uh, for you business people and tons of lifestyle stuff too. So I look forward to hopefully getting to communicate with you. We really value your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. So feel free to comment below so that we can interact with you and yeah, just get to know you better. So thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy. Hello. Okay. So third time's a charm trying to record this bad boy. So uh, my philosophy on podcasting is I don't love to do a lot of editing. So I like to just get into the flow, but sometimes it takes a little bit and it's first thing in the morning and I am sipping my coffee. So my voice is starting to wake up, but here we are to talk about some hard things. I've not talked a lot about my own personal thoughts and feelings about what is going on with the world because I wanted to make sure that when I did hop on that I was able to articulate my feelings in a way that was responsible and educated and just really thoughtful. Like I have been journaling like a crazy person and just consuming and learning and getting back to that knowing Um, because yeah it's really easy to forget and my biggest fear um, going forward is that nothing's gonna change and I really um, pray and hope and want to do my part so that this does not continue and that we don't just forget because that has happened before and we've seen it over and over. So I'm speaking to the Black Lives Matter movement, um, which, (laughs) yeah, it, it is, it is, um, it is their turn. It is, it is our turn to get this right. Um, and me sitting here with my way privilege that I am 100% aware of, I want to use it for good. I, I don't, um, silence isn't the key, isn't the answer. And just because I may not say everything correctly and I may, I may mess up and I may not do it the way some people would like me to. And I know in my heart of hearts that it is coming from the right place. It is coming from um, 
a place of wanting to share my thoughts, feelings, and how long I've been aware that this has been been going on um, and how I relate it into my life and how I see like this is a huge problem. So I hope you will stick around. I hope you all uh, learn something um, today. So I'm just going to backtrack a little bit because I think I need to talk about where it started and when I really realized um, in my life that racism was a thing. And it was, so I'm in Canada. I grew up in a predominantly, no, it was white. Every, it was a white French town in Alberta. And you, you might see some natives around, but they also, like, there was hardly any natives, there was hardly, and you just didn't see a lot of, um, people of color. And so I didn't notice until I... I remembered after watching, so I'm going to let you know in on what I've been consuming and and things in a bit. But I watched LA 92 and I would have been about 11. And by 11, I was pretty with it. Like I was, um, I was the size of an adult. Like I was fully grown by 11. Um, I... I was I was mature beyond my years. So I remembered after watching that movie that I'd seen a ton of the footage and it took me right back. So here I am and it's an 11-year-old girl in at this time we had moved to Kelowna, BC and also very white and um again not a lot of diversity at all. Um I had traveled a little bit by by now and had seen a little bit with traveling with my folks and stuff, but nothing crazy. I do remember, actually, um, a trip we took to Florida. And I did... I can remember my dad being fearful when he'd see black people and... And I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. I just, I'd be in the back of the car with my headphones on and just smiling away. And he would like kind of panic. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and so that was like, yeah, that stuck with me. I remember that quite quick, clearly driving down um, and seeing a predominantly black neighborhood. And my dad kind of freaking out. And I'm like, I just didn't get it. Didn't get it. So then LA 92, the Rodney King riots. Um, and oh my gosh, just, yeah. I didn't quite understand. I understood that they were fighting for something and it felt, um, it felt just, it felt something was wrong. Something was wrong. People wouldn't just do this if something wasn't wrong. And so then I got into 
American politics. I was very interested in it and um, the history. And I remember wanting to study, to become a lawyer, to help people because I just didn't understand why that would happen. So I really, um, there is a part of me that is very just and do not like things to not be fair. It's, it's in, I've done, I've, I've walked away from a lot of situations and angrily actually, because of just the way that things, if they were unjust, I just couldn't handle it. Um, and so that happened. And I remember very, very clearly that on my grade seven band trip, so that would have been, Oh gosh, I can't even remember the years that now that they've gone by, but grade seven band trip and OJ Simpson is on trial. Also crazy fascinating. I thought for sure he was innocent. I thought for sure that this was another one of these, um, um, the black man's gonna go to jail for something he didn't do. Um, and I have a, there's a video of me on our grade seven band trip saying he's innocent. He's innocent. Um, clearly now we know that that's not the case, but still the, I always, and I was shamed for it. Cause I was like, Oh, look at you. You're so funny. But that in me to defend and to make sure that another, um, Rodney King didn't happen was in me like I was like no one's gonna do that again this can't like these guys can't get away with it anyway so this has been going on for a long time where it's been in my heart um and the knowing um of the unfairness and the inequality and um but then I just went on with my business and didn't really, um, didn't feel like I could do anything. So just kind of moved on. And I, that's what I hope does not happen again. I think this is the time. I think, um, at the beginning of the year, you could tell that, that, that this year, that there was change coming and um i don't think anyone has not like there's a lot of people just waking up for the first time and seeing that this injustice has been occurring um i know from my experience i had a, a awakening in a different regard and i'm going to get into that but um so when this all happened again and i love the fact that I can consume documentaries and um, learn. So as soon as I got a watch list on, um, I saw it through Instagram that like, go watch this on Netflix. I consumed it all. So it's on the webpage and I believe it's in the stories of the different um movies, but I'm going to go in the order in which I watched them and tell you a little bit of why it impacted me. So the explained, it's the episode, um, called racial wealth 
the racial wealth gap. And that's the first one I watched. And um, I'd heard about redlining, um, but didn't really grasp the concept. I did grasp that when they freed the slaves, they had promised them um, or they'd asked them what they would want or what they would need. And they said, land. They said, we know how to work. So give us land and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. That never happened. President got assassinated. The next guy comes in and he's like, no, that's not fair. I just don't even understand how the ideologies of how a system built the way that it was, is, and like, yeah, I stand with everyone feeling this exact same way. So that was explained and it's like the last episode in the thing. It should have been the first, but whatever. Um, Then I watched the 13th. So the 13th amendment that freed them and, um, it goes into um, explaining how slavery, yeah, yep, we're going to write this into um, into the Constitution, but there's an exit clause. There's a, a, a back door to just further carry on the slavery. But we're we're gonna say that it's over, but but we're not gonna actually let you be free. Um, so now, after this was done, they were just arresting them, arresting them, having them work for free again. Interesting, and um, and arresting them for like just stupid stuff, like. Huh, not the the punishment does not fit the crime and so then when they incarcerated them they took away their their pretty much rights as a citizen of the states so how does that make sense how does that make sense like you're free but ah just kidding kind of not really um i just that 13th it gives you the entire uh breakdown of how over the time they've just changed the words but the same things are happening and it's completely appalling so then after the 13th movie um that's where I had an aha moment because yes we don't have a lot of people of color um we have some, we have some, so we can definitely do better, but, um, it made me see the indigenous people in a different light. Cause we also up here, that's our, that's our cross to bear is we, yeah, we didn't come and share the land. We come and stole it and said it was ours and you better be like us. And how rude, Like, I just, it made me go, oh my God, yep. And I saw where I have fallen way short in my ability to have compassion and understanding and 
Um, yeah, it's just not okay. So that made me, cause like they, um, if you're listening in the States and you don't know much about Canadian history, um, they took the children from these indigenous communities, um, reserves, essentially. They're like, here you go. You can have this like to live on, um, and do your thing and we won't bother you, but let's take all the kids into residential schools and turn them Canadian and, and teach them our ways and, like they were like it wasn't good enough the way they were and how how awful like i just put myself in the situation i have kids and if my kids had different color skin and i had to have all the conversations that they have to have and be worried about their safety and um worried like back in the day that they would be taken to these schools where horrible things happened to them away from from me and my teaching of them like devastating it's just heartbreaking and i just i would just want to cry <laughs> um and it should make us all want to cry let's be honest um then the next one um i watched was when they see us and then there's an Oprah extension. Um, when They See Us was heartbreaking. Um, it I cried through the entire last episode. Like, bawling. Ken's laying next to me in bed. And I'm... <laughs> um, it is devastating. And it's not humane and it's not okay. And it just literally, um, this, there's going to be scars and wounds for generations because of some of the things that have been done. So, um, and at the hands of, well, white people like let's be honest it's um it's it's not yes there's their interracial stuff and white people do things to white people and black people do things to black people but the way that the system was built and continued was built with white men <laughs> doing this and and being the puppet masters of all this, it's just horrific. Um, and then on a lighter note, the well, not that lighter, but um, dear white people, it's more, it's it's lighter. It's not as heavy as the others. Um, but just um, an interesting. It just is interesting interesting to see into the minds of others that's how we have empathy is by learning and seeing and feeling and putting ourselves in there and I was like um like watching when they see us I could not help I have a, a boy the exact same age as those kids that got locked up I'm like 
well, maybe not exactly. He's a little bit younger, but it doesn't matter. Like, heart-breaking, horrific, like, life-changing. Life-changing for the families, for the kids, for the... Uh. So, you can't not be affected by this. And so, I encourage you to consume. It's really easy to turn on Netflix. It's not expensive. It's like grab a beverage and you can't help but not feel something when you can when you watch this stuff. And an eye opener to other people's experiences. That is I think a major part. We can't shy away from it. Like this idea of white fragility, this that book that's going around. Um I finally get the concept and I, I've never shied away from it. It's never made me feel uncomfortable. I've, if anything, I've wanted more. I want, um, I, I want to understand. I want to walk with them in that pain of, um, of it. So last year, so when her started, um, I was kind of oblivious. I was kind of oblivious to the systemic um, racism, systemic equality. Um, this, um, I was shocked, actually. And I kind of, I've always felt, um, as a woman, not fully human. Um, I felt like my place, I there was... There was a stereotypical place where we belonged, um, and and I saw it even in hair school. Like I went down to Vancouver and uh, mentored at this beautiful shop with this crazy talented um, stylist, and he happens to be male, and he had another male counterpart in there, and they were making more money than the other stylists in there, and there wasn't anything like there wasn't anything better because they were male. They just were making more money. I was, it was, it was really obvious and apparent. And cause I talked to the other ladies at the, at the salon because I just was curious and same. I worked at another salon and yeah, they too were making more money than their female counterparts, which why? <laughs> like we're all doing the same job. Don't understand. Um, but so then her comes into play and I start reaching out to get some assistance and to see if I could get some support, um, a grant, um, something. And because her, (laughs) the whole idea of it is just for women, the men, because I only ever had conversations with men um they couldn't grasp the concept they didn't really want to continue having conversations they really were not um being creative in in the opportunity and what a shame I felt I felt if I was a man this would have been different. And if I was asking to have an all men's club, that's not what her is, but that's, that's what I look at. Like they would have been 
all over supporting it. But because they had nothing to gain and too many women gathering together is a bad thing, I honestly believe that men don't particularly love that, to be honest. Um, and so then, then the conversations came home and I got really frustrated and had to process all over my husband. I needed him to understand his white privilege, his male white privilege. So before this even started with all the, the things, I needed him to get it. I needed him to understand that if he was going in as a male, he would have been looked at differently. He would have been like, you can just feel it. You can, f- there's, call me an empath, I don't know, but you can just feel it when someone is not like receptive. They're like, oh, oh, little girl, just, you know, go home and, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a good idea, but nah, we're not going to, we don't want to help you out. So having many, many conversations, my husband seemed to like, okay, I get it. You're a woman. I'm a man. I can, I get things easier than you get things because I really did feel it. I felt, I felt it. So then this comes up and I was like, oh yeah, like, I have privilege. I have like, I was, I've been looking and noticing what I'm consuming through Instagram and through Facebook and how white, like to think that you're getting exposed to the real world, you're not, um, through social, you're just seeing what they want you to see, to be honest. And the conversations that um, some of the women in, that are educating in the, white, in, in the Black Lives Matter movements, they, they're being censored. They're being um, like, their accounts aren't being able to be used properly. Um, and that's just not okay. Like, Again, the white people are are getting in there and trying to perpetuate a system that serves them and no one else. Let's be honest. Like, so I just, for all of our marginalized communities and the people that are feeling like they are under attack. Like, it's not okay. Like, ladies, and just because we did the Me Too thing doesn't doesn't mean that we're out of the woods either. Like, you know, I had a conversation. So then, so now, now the race things come up and this is a, this is a harder conversation in our house. My husband isn't getting it. Um, he's very much saying, um, very typical male white arguments to, to what's going on. And I'm just like, you can't do this when it is raining and pouring out here. So hopefully you can still hear me. Okay. Uh, it's beautiful. I have to say, 
but so knowing that this is happening in my house and like I wouldn't say he's a full-blown racist but he's not an anti-racist not yet I'm working on him like because until he is I won't rest and I'm not I'm not about to change anyone else's opinion of what they need to do um I'm coming in here to explain what I'm doing to to help and first starts with my house and getting it right here my girls very in tune very supportive very asking lots of good questions and um and wanting to learn more and is super curious and I think that that's a good thing because again they're not seeing in our communities all these different beautiful faces um so that has been happening in my house. I Oh, yes. Yeah, so we went to a date. We went on a date. And I was watching golf. And there's Tiger Woods on, um, on the TV. And he's like, well, there you go. There's a super successful black guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And it made me think. So something I said to him earlier, I was like, and something I've really truly believed is that when feminism became, turned into a bad word somehow, then, and we kind of got into the door and companies started to have to like hire women because that was appropriate and we can't like not be appropriate. The women that did well needed to play by the boys rules. The, the boy handbook came out and they're like, this is how I need to, to do life to succeed and super masculine, super like go, go, go at the sacrifice of myself and, um, and winning is everything kind of attitudes. And so I think, whoa, I think women did it wrong. I feel like now we're all burnt out. We're doing like a hundred things because we still want to be parents, but we want to work because we want to keep up and, do all the things and I'm just like whoa okay this is not a sustainable system or model and I feel like it the people of color that have done really well for themselves also kind of played by the rules and so they fit in with the white male society and those ones like that's why, like, Bill from the firm knows Jerry, who's happens to be black and is working alongside of them and is a professional, but has done everything right and maybe moved away from their heritage and moved away from what makes them special to be, to fit, to fit. And then they're like, and then Bill says I'm not a racist I'm friends with and it's like actually if you know one black person you 100% can still be a racist that's just plain and simple so to not think that just because yeah that was the way the system was built you play by our rules or get out so that's the system in which needs to be completely deconstructed. Um, there was a great conversation I was overhearing. I can't remember their names, um, but he was expressing his thoughts and feelings about like 
police reform that to fix something that is so terribly broken is near impossible and I 100% agree and I would love to see the whole systems rebuilt like I don't understand when we know better we need to do better my Angelou like just we see the problems like wow it is thundering and lightning see universe source thank you this is important stuff and and I support it I feel like what an exciting time if it could actually happen if the I I don't know I think the the grip that certain people have on that society and the ones that are sitting in power right now just are blinded are blinded so badly um with the realities of of the world like they're (laughs) sitting up in their ivory towers the white house our our president or our prime minister sorry is living a luscious luxurious life it's not equal to the pain and suffering of a lot of the people that um yeah so i'm gonna put this out there because i really honestly believe that we would have different leaders and like they're and they've been talking about this with the um the policing community policing Meaning, you need to be in community with these people. You need to be, um, your kids need to go to the school. You, um, you need to be on foot and talking with people and getting to know the people in your neighborhoods that you're hired to protect and serve. If you don't know anyone in the neighborhood or you're driving or living, living in white suburbia and then being a police in or like policing the black community that's not gonna make you a very good police officer you don't know anyone you'd have no it's anyways so our people in power should not be allowed to live the luscious luxurious life because that's a purpose of why they may want to be in that position in the first place is to have the lush the the lifestyle and then have a pension of over $200,000 a year for the rest of your life because you served on your ivory tower or on your, they need to be living in community. I think that they, whatever the majority of your constituents in your country or your area, if you're running for local office, you need to live like them. If you are in East Hastings, God forbid, like you're just one step up from the streets so that you know what the real problems are and how you'll get really creative and how to solve them if you're experiencing them. If you're not experiencing them, how, unless you have a crazy amount of empathy, are you ever going to be able to understand what, like, yeah, like Justin Trudeau, how do you know what I need as a white 
middle class Canadian. You have no idea. Like, you have no idea. I would love a nanny. I would love a couple nannies. Like, that would be awesome. Thank you. Put that in the budget and give me an allowance every month to make that happen. You have that. Why can't I have that? Like, I get that that job is, um, is important, but you also need to understand in a, in a place of power, the people that you're governing because you're an elected official by the people. Anyways, I'm going off now, but, um, I just, I stand with the Black Lives Matter. I believe that the time is now. We may not just go back and forget like we have in the past because this, when we know better now, we know better. We just went through COVID and we, we see, we see you and this is just has to stop. So on that note, this is only going to be the beginning, um, I'm sure. Um, I am in the process of working through the book, um, My White Supremacy? I don't have the title right in front of me. Um, very cool book. Lots of interesting journaling prompts to take you deeper into um looking at yourself there's a part in the book um that talks about toning and it's funny because um yeah i i have been toned all of my life i've i've been too outspoken i've been too <laughs> um too brass too angry too like it's passion. 100% it's passion. It's not, I'm not mad. I, and my husband has tried to, to do it just as of late because I get really fired up when we have, when he can't see how ignorant he's being gets me very frustrated. Um, and so I get really passionate and I get so toning the, the, you need to, um, check it and only be polite and ladylike and that, that chapter just was, had me all up in, in arms. Cause I was like, yep. Um, talking to make other people feel comfortable. Why do we got to do that? Why do we got to do that? So I hope you all found a little nugget or made you at least consider the possibility of how, uh, your, if you're white privileged, the people in your lives that also may not be full on racist, but definitely not an anti-racist and how you can, um, you need to start there. You need to start there. Um, and do the work, consume the content, learn, put yourself in, the places and have deep empathy and regard for the situation that's been happening for over 400 years. This has got to stop. So I thank you for your time. And this is a little bit longer than, than the podcasts will be normally, but I just, um, I just wanted to get it out and, um, yeah, 
do what you can, reach out, unwhite your social media, go follow. If you want to go to her HQ and go under the people that we're following and follow, um, some of the amazing, um, indigenous women and, um, beautiful black women that have awesome things to say and then go and support them buy their stuff, go learn from them, go and buy their books, go and uh, buy the webinars because they need support. And that's a little thing that you can do to help. So I look forward to diversifying her HQ. That is always been a goal, but one that I am um, committed to. So if, if you're marginalized and you can't afford um, what her HQ is offering, please reach out and let's have a conversation because, um, I want to, I want to be an ally. I want to be, um, someone who can, can get people in community so that we can learn from one another. Have a fabulous day. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you felt it useful and I just want to thank you if you're still here from the bottom of my heart for your taking your precious time to be with us today. I hope we added some value to your life, whether it be entertainment or some knowledge. And if you want to learn more about Her HQ, you can head over to www.herhq.ca and check out our website there. You can always book an appointment on our homepage if you want to connect. We'd love to meet you. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at herhq.ca as well as on Facebook. And you can always go over and download our free app at the App Store or Google Play. And yeah, it's free and you'll have quick and easy access to all things Her HQ. I hope that you have a wonderful day and that we get to see you really soon.